Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. here on the Dale Jr. Download in the Bojangle Studio, and today we're going to be hitting some personal stories as we get back on track here in 2024, talking about NASCAR's eventful weekend at the Clash in L.A. Race winner Denny Hamlin calls in. We're going to debate the future of the Clash. Where does it go next? We're going to react to the new TV deal, and I'm giving you my 2024 way too early season predictions. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download, kicking off our season in 2024 here, February 6th, and uh, you uh, are going to realize very shortly that this is going to be a little bit of a new look to the show. we got a new studio here. Um, No Mike Davis. Mike has retired uh, and um, will be kind of taking over managing control of the business um, as he is a part owner in Dirty Mo Media, and so... We're growing so fast, um, it required uh, more focus and responsibility for him. So, um, you know, as much as I'm going to miss him, uh, he's excited about um, taking over, you know, what he's doing, and and, uh, he's going to miss being on the show, but we're going to keep on digging. And um, we kind of tossed around the idea of having some some co-hosts here in the Bojangle studio, um, but we're going to... We're going to go this route. Uh, there are some voices on the show that you're going to hear uh, from time to time. Andrew uh, Curlin is uh, is in the studio, and we'll be we'll be rapping back and forth about things going on in the sport. Andrew, yes, sir. Also, Dalton is uh, he's been on the show before, and you've probably seen him in some other Dirty Mo Media stuff, Dirty Mo Live, and things like that. So, Dalton, Dalton, who you, you kind of manage mostly our social media stuff. Yep, so, I'm the social guy here. Yeah, so you do an awesome job, and um, being that you kind of have your finger on the pulse of what people are saying about our stuff uh, on social media, I think it's great to have you here. Alex Tim still uh, a part of the show as well back there in the booth. Hey, hey. Alex will will drop in from time to time. So those voices are the ones you're going to hear on the show uh, this year, and I'm excited about it. So, um, 
Dirty Air is obviously going to be our Tuesday show. We're going to have our guest shows on on Wednesday, and this week's guest starting off the season strong is Marty Smith. So excited to have Marty coming to the studio. But Dirty Air is brought to you by Tire Pros this year. Um or at least this week's Dirty Air is uh, brought to you by Tire Pros. And speaking of Dirty Air, you might want to be checking out your car's air filter. might be time to change that. Head over to Tire Pros for a new filter or go to tirepros.com to find a location nearest you. I've been to some of the local Tire Pros, and uh, as they become a sponsor here at Junior Motorsports, uh, getting to know about that business, pretty cool. Reminds me of my days as a mechanic at the dealership here in Newton, North Carolina. Um, and so uh, we're appreciative to their, their support. Um, but let's get right to it, man. Um, usually we break over, break open the show with some personal stories uh, with the Daytona 500 right around the corner. Uh, my wife, so look, I don't want to put, I don't want to give everybody the wrong impression. They're, you know, Amy's not shuffling the trophies out of the house, but um, she, you know, there, if you walked into my house, you know, I might not have uh, a lot of trophies up in the foyer or or you know you can have a look for them right there's a couple there's a couple trophies hanging around in the house but they're not up front and center right um and so as my racing as we move further away from my racing career yeah the trophies uh become less of a priority right (laughs) in the home with kids and all that other stuff so she comes uh we you know we're taking out all the christmas stuff out of the house and we had this Christmas tree right in the foyer in the center on this table. So as soon as you walk in the front door, there's a table, stuff's on it. It's a Christmas tree for Christmas. Taking that off, and, and we're going to put put the, I just assume we're putting other stuff back, you know, other books or whatever else is on, you know, a little flat, uh, a little uh, plant or something right on this centerpiece. Well, she starts bringing in my, she starts bringing my Daytona 500 trophies. She's going to clean them up. One of them from 2004 was really tarnished, and so she's working on that and uh, made it look brand new. Right? <clears throat> it had some uh, had some Gatorade on it from that's crazy that day. Still, yeah. So if you look at the uh, there's this image of on the cover of Sports Illustrated of me uh, from that race, and there's red Gatorade all over <laughs> my uniform because that's what everybody was throwing at, yeah. at that time. And so uh, some of that gets on the trophy, and it's still on there. She cleaned the trophy and polished it but the gatorade stayed a lot of people were like no don't take the gatorade off don't worry i agree yeah so yeah she didn't she wasn't gonna work that hard um because it would have took a a lot (laughs) that would have taken some elbow grease to get it's all down in the corners and everything (laughs) anyways um so she wants to put these on that centerpiece and i was like this some kind of joke uh because uh she never wants to put a trophy out front and center um, but she's like, no, man, Daytona 500 coming around the corner. You got two trophies here. We'll put them on the centerpiece. She had this palm tree, this fake palm tree, that she bought that's on the table. And so it's got this sort of Daytona vibe, Daytona 500, uh, one of my checkered flags from a duel that I won at some point in my career, hanging, uh, hanging over the top of some of that stuff. So pretty cool. Uh, got me fired up every time I come into the house about the Daytona 500. And... Um, and and so you know with that right around the corner, I appreciate Amy doing that. Um, basically, um, I've talked about having uh, something fun that I that speaking of the Daytona 500, I I got in my bathroom right. I don't know what you guys read when you go to the bathroom. My phone, Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You need to fix that. <laughs> so you need to 
you need to get a basket, whatever you want to hold these ba- these books or magazines in. You need to have books and magazines, man. Okay. Don't take your phone into the bathroom. And uh, is that a rule you live by? Like you don't take your phone to the bathroom. You need or? you need to try you need to try your best when you can have an alternative to looking at your phone, right? I trust me, I agree with that. Yeah. Being on social media all the time. So, and what, are you, so what are you reading? All right, so I do I do the old racing programs. Okay, yeah, right? yeah. Um, or maybe there's a, you know, I do something racing related, uh, and I've got a never-ending collection, right, of all this stuff. So um, I just I just try and try not to go in there and sit on my phone uh, while I'm using the bathroom. That's just things. Trying to find any reason to to cut down on phone time, on right? Screen time. Yes. So, um, which I want to talk about that in a second. Um, <laughs> I get these programs, and a fun thing that I do, which will require your phone, um, <laughs> now that I mention it. Uh, you can't, there's no escaping it. There is it. it can't be too far away. <laughs> there is it. So yeah. you, I've got these, I've got, say, for example, I've got a uh, Daytona 500 program from 61 or something like that, right? Old. Yeah. In this program, like probably 80% of the program is advertisements, local advertisements. And so um, I will look at the address of that local advertisement, local business, and see if it's still around. And so I found, so I found one that's still around. Um, and I sent the photo to you, Andrew. Yeah, and this is funny. Like a little, the backstory to this is I think it's, it's like 9 o'clock at night. He's, he sends me a picture. He's like, look at the ads on the race programs still yeah. around so here it is um hansards i don't know how to pronounce that hansards yeah um it's a service center you know air conditioning 19, uh, service center for your car yes family owned and operated since 1945 and so they had an ad in this 61 program from daytona 500 you can go to google street view and there's the business still in operation and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you why that's profound is because literally I bet only about three percent of those ads in that in that old program are still functioning businesses. You're probably not wrong. No kidding, because a lot of the ads are like very. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it was like in '61. Probably weren't a bunch of big chain things. You know, all the restaurants and 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 grocery stores and everything were mom and pops. So, you know, family owned, local owned, and uh, a lot of those got you know pushed out or hadn't made it. You know, through you know fifty years of business but or more 60 years of business so anyways um that's kind of fun to do do you think osteen's pharmacy is still up and running doubt it so see that's a great drug store to the track yeah that's exactly right so a lot of the pharmacies family-owned pharmacies right now they've been replaced by you know the big chains yep um speaking of phone time man i'm trying a new challenge want to want to challenge you guys to this everybody in the room actually two i picked two or three apps that i use a lot me and my wife got in an argument over who was using Instagram the most or who was on their phone the most, right? And if you get married, you're going to have that conversation. <laughs> you're on your phone more. No, you're on, you're on your phone more. Um, and we actually did the did did the math, and it turns out that we're really on there a similar amount of time, too much. And so um, nobody really won or lost. But <laughs> I set some app limits, right? You can go into the screen time, yeah. set these app limits. And I'm giving it a shot. So I give myself... I, I use Instagram and Twitter the most, and so uh, I put myself on a thirty minute time, thirty minute limit on both apps. A day? Yeah, 
Man. Dang, man. Yeah. You got to scroll quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, give it a shot. I don't know. I, I think that would affect my job performance yeah. if I did that. But yeah. I could try. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could do 30 minutes. Well, Maybe your personal <laughs> yeah, yeah. usage. When you run out of... You need uh, a work phone. and a, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just separate yeah. everything. When you run out of screen time, just go on Twitter online. Yeah, I'll on just go computer. on my computer. <laughs> yeah, Bring my computer into the bathroom. I'm going to give it a shot. So far, it's working really good. Like I'm doing it. I'm messing with it a lot less. Yeah. Dude, what do you find yourself doing in the time that you're not on social now? Do you like reading and stuff like that? Having to talk to people. Um, <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah, talking to people. Yeah. Um, nah, joking. Yeah. Uh, you know, just being a little more aware and in the moment with my kids, stuff like that, because that's that's kind of where this stemmed from. Is we'll get up, I'll get up in the morning, get right on my phone. We'll go, uh, you know, if I'm if we're in the living room, kids are playing and doing stuff. I'm on my phone. Yep. And I shouldn't be. And so there's nothing. I'm I'm not missing anything. Right. It's this thought you are missing something. Right. Right. Man, what is going on? <laughs> what are they talking about in the industry? What are fans talking about? And so. You know, you spend all day trying to make sure you're not missing something, but you you really aren't. You know, there's nothing going on. It's easy to do, man. Just pick up that phone and go. Yeah. Trust me. I think yeah. it's. Did you see that video of? Uh, I can't remember where it was, but it was New Year's Eve, and everyone was filming the. It wasn't New York, but it was everyone was filming the ball dropping instead of actually like watching the it. moment. Yeah, like yeah. looking at it. There's something it. that makes me sad about that. It was like that ad that was at the uh, Masters where Tiger was playing, and everyone had a phone except for one guy, and he was holding a beer. And then that beer company ended up sponsoring him. Yep. That yeah. That was cool. Yeah. So let's get on to the clash. Uh, had, you know, uh, the clash at the Coliseum this past weekend. A lot to talk about there. And I know that um, we'll, we'll cover it well on all our other um, all our other uh, shows with, dirt, you know, Doorbumper Clear and Denny and everything else. But, um, I, you know, out of the gate, my personal opinion about them moving the clash to be able to get it in, I think you had to do that. Um, it's unfortunate as far as what it might have taken away from the ceremony of the of the event, right? The pre-race, all the build-up, fans in the stands, and and all that energy. We voided all that, right, when we made the move to run the race earlier. But it did get the race in. Um, it was still a television event uh, that I think you know we all tuned into, and. Um, and it's you know it's in the books, so I don't have a problem with it, um, you know. And I think that NASCAR uh, made the right call to do that. I don't, I, I really don't have. I wouldn't have done anything different. I know the drivers really appreciated it. They get to get out of there and get back home, and they're not sitting around waiting on an opportunity to run that race. So uh, I remember, <clears throat> you know, a particular weekend in Michigan where we waited till you know we sat around Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, all the way through Wednesday, waiting on the rain to go away. And uh, you know, for NASCAR to make a make a decision just to go ahead and do something instead of sitting around was good. Do you think if if this was like Daytona in a few weeks, where Saturday looks great, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, the situation looks similar to LA? Yeah. Is is the precedent set now that NASCAR can move a race up a whole day? I don't know about a full event. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, there's some le- there's some legalities. I think they have to work through. There's some, you know, there's. I don't know how. I don't know how they can. Uh, can they do that without having some sort of lawsuit brought about? Right. You know, they promote a specific time, a specific day, and so that would have to. They would have to have probably if they don't already have some new language in their in their terms. And agreements with fans that buying tic- that are buying tickets, it, there's a lot of 
those things to work through. And that's probably the first, like, so, you know, people, NASCAR fans, me, all of us, we can see the obvious and the common sense thing to do in everything, right? But th- th- there are these hurdles and legalities to work through that a lot of us don't consider, right? That NASCAR would absolutely have to consider. And so sometimes when they don't make the obvious choice, it's because of some of those hurdles that they can't get over. Anyways, let's get to the competition, right? Yeah. One of the things that I saw that jumped off the page was Justin Haley. Um, Justin Haley was competitive all night racing for Rick Ware. Um, You know, he's came on the show uh, last year and, and talked about how excited he was. My opinion, I'm thinking, you know, if this guy not been watching where Rick Ware's been racing, you know, where they've been running. Um, but, you know, is he trying, you know, is he trying to sell himself on this idea that they can be competitive? Well, they go to the clash and they were. Guy ran great all uh, night long, right in the middle of all of those high buck teams. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be paying a little bit more attention, I think, to Justin going for, forward. I Listen, we're not going to take away a lot from the clash in terms of you know how, what does this mean for the rest of the year is can you can you can you take away anything from anybody's performance and say man they're set up to have a great season i don't think so it's such a weird little one-of-a-kind racetrack that you're not gonna you're not gonna expect the performance somebody has to 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 bleed over into the other events but i was really surprised just the car was the car had pace and speed for justin so we'll be paying attention to that um, Joe Gibbs Racing, they were great. Uh, they had good speed. Um, well, Christopher Bell missed the show. Well, yeah, but I won't uh, put a lot of I won't put a lot of uh, you know consideration into that either. I mean, the way the whole event went down and having to qualify and the rounds and and you know what five or six cars per round and the track changing and I mean I know that's there's really no excuse for missing that race but the un, it was un, unorthodox you know it was just a oddity he scuffed his tires which i don't think any of those guys really did well i think blaney also scuffed and needed yep. a provisional to get in mm-hmm. so just a i don't know why they scuffed or what they were thinking about when they made that decision um but obviously that worked against them in qualifying and um and he didn't he wasn't able to get the provisional he would have been i, I imagine next in line had blaney got in you know, Christopher would have got the provisional probably on points. Yeah. Um, but just a, you know, I don't. Otherwise, I mean, you know, Denny wins the race. Uh, Ty Gibbs was fast, so fast. Um, so, anyways, um, I uh, there was some, you know, Joe Gibbs. I say you don't take a lot from the performance at uh, at the Clash, but when you see an organization have all of their cars run relatively competitive. Um, that that that's what you're looking for when you're an analyst is to say, okay, what's what organization seems to be most prepared when the season starts or with the most pace, and so Joe Gibbs Racing out of the gate um, is is above everybody else um, at this you know after one event. So um, yeah, uh, a lot of people were beating and banging, a lot of emotions, uh, and you had Logano and Ty Gibbs, which was interesting because watching the Netflix show. Yeah. Right? You go back to um I forget what race it was near the end of the year. Martinsville, maybe. Martinsville. Mm-hmm. 
where Joey turned the 54 around. So, you know, I don't think – I don't know that we picked up on that in the moment at, at, the, at the clash when those two were going at it, but they've got a little history, and it goes back to just at the end of last year. Something to keep an eye on between those two because I believe Joey and Ty are going to be racing around each other a lot this year. I expect Ty Gibbs to step it up a little bit and have a bit better season. Um, and, you know, if you're looking at the pace that he had on the field – uh, during some of the clash I mean that's a great example of what I think he's capable of and he almost you know he battled right on the bubble there trying to get into the playoffs I think he I think he gets in a, you know a little more comfortably this year um, but anyhow uh, those two guys are kind of um, oil and water in terms of personality and how they race on the racetrack so you know if you listen, if you going back to the Netflix show, who's most, who's the most, you know, when you're listening to the, to the radio and the complaints on the radio from drivers, who are they complaining about the most? Joey, right? right. So a lot of the man, this guy's an <laughs> guy drives like a jerk. <laughs> it's it's aimed at Joey, um, uh, and that you know, I think that you could say that the same comments might have been made about high when he was racing in the Xfinity series very aggressive moving people out of the way and and he wasn't picky about who that was right even his own teammates he raced pretty rough he hasn't done that so much in the cup series but I think once he finds the competitive edge and starts to race for wins then that 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 style and that 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 little part of his personality is going to be back and I think that that is a perfect little storm for an, for a guy like Logano and him right to be in the same place at the same time i think there'll be more 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 fireworks and sparks than not so uh that's worth keeping an eye on going out through the year chastain was in a little dust up with reddick that was a really interesting one to watch so uh you know there was just carnage at the end at the end of that race last couple of laps you cannot check up if you see somebody getting pushed around you've got to gas it you might door them you might drive through them that's just the way that last couple of laps going to be at that little track. And Chastain uh, was on the bad end of that. Reddick drove through him. And then Chastain doors Reddick into the fence after the checkered. Um, I don't think they're, you know, knowing Chastain and Reddick, they do not carry this on. I don't think either one of them, I think they're both fine. One, you know, they both kind of got the best of each other. Um, so I don't see that continuing, but Chastain is always in something man he always is in something i hope he's in a lot this year i want to see that old chastain come back i think the old chastain never left it's kind of like the gibbs deal when chastain isn't competitive uh you know he doesn't take those he doesn't really go go uh he doesn't push it too far right Mm. now when he's in those moments where he's got a shot at it and he sees he sees the carrot in front of him man he will do whatever it takes to catch it um, so I think he kind of he when he gets mid pack and he's just not having a great day he's not as he's a little more measured I think. Do you think it was a performance thing for Trackhouse last year in terms of like Chastain falling off the map because remember Justin Marks had that yeah. conversation and then it almost seemed like the next week I think was the totally time coincidental we really I think it was totally coincidental I, Chastain in my mind never isn't Chastain's not the kind of guy to. Uh, to make a massive adjustment to his style and what he's going to do on the racetrack just don't he said it if you listen to his comments whether it's to the media in the netflix show whatever 
he ain't he is who he is he's not gonna he's you know he's gonna race and he don't care how you feel about it or what you think about his choices on the track um i think he's the same as he's always been but i think when he's not running great he's not gonna do a bunch of dumb shit running 30th or running 15th you know what i'm saying that's fair i think when when he only will take those risks or puts you know or take advantage of somebody or be selfish more selfish when he has those you know when he's racing in the top five with a shot to win and i think ty's the same way um we also had some uh dust ups between stenhouse and mcdowell uh and ricky and john hunter nimichek john hunter nimichek man um if you look back at his career he has a history of sort of you know again i don't i don't think he's similar to chastain or ty gibbs i don't think any of these guys are the same but they you have drivers that are you know kind of constantly physical right and or, or i wouldn't even say john hunter Nimichek's that physical but he does get himself into disagreements right quite a bit i think you're going to see he was real quiet that first year in the cup series i think that was a performance thing not going to be comp- not going to be a jerk not going to be selfish when you're running 28th but if he starts to have some good runs expect to see him also uh, maybe you know rub some people the wrong way or or get in some disagreements about decisions things happen on the racetrack i see john hunter is that kind of guy because man when he's when he's got a when he sees a shot when he's got an opportunity when he sees a chance for a great performance or even a win he gets he lays it out there yeah i think he's got a lot to prove too because yeah. he was in cup and then he went down and so like a chip this on is his shoulder yeah he's got a chip on his shoulder for sure yeah so you know i think too we always see it chastain um and we'll probably see it with with john Hunter and check when these guys come into this series it's like you know the ricky stenhouses the denny hamlins man they they got to they see them do stuff and they're like oh no you need you need to do do that differently i need to you know i need to teach you a lesson or, or you got to understand that's not how it goes here um denny was always like that brad keselowski comes in and you know denny's gonna teach him how to race right denny's gonna teach brad keselowski this is the way you do it in the cup series um so that was a little bit of that from from ricky stenhouse to to john hunter i think and bubba and larson larson turned him around remember uh i think that that's you know they've got a little history um yeah but that was kind of a another situation where uh you get aggressive with me, I'm going to get back aggressive with you, and it's a little bull ring, and there's right. no points, and hey, I'm going to dump you, and if you finish 20th, 30th, whatever it is, it's it's not, it's an exhibition. I don't know if all of this aggression is as, you know, is, is happening quite as easily if it's a, you know, if there's more on the line for these guys. But... How emotional can you get at a race like this where i mean obviously the the track is designed for yeah, drivers track, to get into each other right so it's like how how much stock can you actually take into it well the track's going to create a lot of the issues um because it's kind of only way around somebody is through them and these cars and, and so you got a kind of a hard tire because it's a relatively new asphalt i don't know the tire was super grippy um or yeah. i don't you know Denny said it took like 10 laps for the tires to actually right. get going. Yeah, so all of that, um, you know, lends itself to uh, to being more aggressive and hard to pass and having to move people around and be aggressive with it. And you're charging the corners. They all had, you know, they were taking, they changed some of the 
gearing or something to be able to try to get the shifting out of there. Mm -hmm. Even some guys were still trying to shift and trying to make that work in qualifying and so forth. But uh, And so now they're not having the engine braking helping slow the car down with the downshift, so they're locking up the front tires because they're using the, they're only using the brake now to slow the car down. So getting in the corner and getting in there too hot and then running in the back of somebody was more uh, commonplace. And I, I, You know, I would be really pissed off if I got dumped at that race, <laughs> but I will also know that, you know, it's probably not something that's going to happen in, a, in another racetrack. There's not, you know, not that, that's a tiny little place. And that's what kind of racing goes on at those small little bull rings like that. You're not going to go to, you know, Greenville Pickens and expect to, say, you know, have have clean racing all night long. It's just not not what happens there. It's kind of the code. You just know it's coming, and you just try try not to be on the wrong end of it. Denny Hamlin wins the race. Uh, I really thought Ty Gibbs was going to win. Uh, some of those restarts, they got beat around, pushed around, shuffled out, uh, and and Denny was able to be the one that didn't you know didn't do that so uh i don't know i i don't know where the clash goes from here i thought the race was entertaining um did it live up to this to the to the standards of the clash maybe not but i think that was more to do with having to move the race early and it took a little bit of the tradition and and celebration and um took all the uh you know the pre-race you know ceremonies and stuff out of it so the build-up was not there um, it was like tuning into it was like tuning into a local race at Flow, you know, on a streaming platform and just kind of watching watching the the Saturday night feature, which was totally fine. Um, but there's a lot of conversation about where it goes from here, and I got a little opinion on that. I think um, I miss uh, Daytona Speed Weeks, and I um, we got we're going to do something on this show that I you know, that uh hopefully we can do every week but that's have the winner call in from the previous race and this is kind of something that denny has talked about on his podcast this week and i would like to talk to him about it more today but um you know i'm i miss daytona speed weeks i miss how the clash and all the other events helped build up uh and set the tone for the daytona 500 right you would um you know you'd come in there and run the clash and that was sort of the appetizer of the whole meal and you know the those who all right for first off one of the things that really really ticks me off is to hear people say that the clash just needs to go away right just get rid of it that the person the people that say that never won that race mm-hmm. right when you um the clash has a history a very important history going back to its original format of pole winners uh, it was a very short, brief sort of tease uh, for the Daytona 500, and and it fit, and it was it fit in that space perfectly. It does not need to be more than that. And I'm of the opinion that it it doesn't need to be going around to all these other racetracks. It doesn't need to go to Mexico. It doesn't need to go to Canada. It doesn't need to go back to the Coliseum. It doesn't need to go to your local short track or South Boston or anywhere. It needs to go back to Daytona. It needs to be that tease. It needs to be pole winners. If it's 12, 14 cars, I do not care. If it's a 20-lap race and it lasts 15 minutes, I do not give a shit. All right? That's all it needs to be. And so... 
every race has a role. Every race in the season has a role. Every race needs to stay in its lane. And that's what the clash needs to do. Denny will talk about the economics of that, right? Going down there, taking the car and the crew and all that stuff and the expense and running that race, potentially crashing a car that he, you know, that he didn't want to crash. Um, but that's what you sign up for. When, you, when you're an owner in the Cup Series, that's what you sign up for. Everything that we've done, I about everything that we've done to strip away time at the track, the practices, um, everything that we've done to try to condense the weekend, you know, I I just can't buy into. And I want I totally understand the reason why we need to try to make this more economical for the teams. And I mean, we're showing up and barely having just a blip of practice and in qualifying race. We're going to go to Daytona, the most important race of the year, the Daytona 500, and put the cars right into qualifying and then run a duel. Um, yeah. No practice, no, not a, not any, anything to, to sort of understand where everybody's at. The practices build storylines. The clash uh, builds a storyline. Whoever runs good or does something great. It allows us to build a narrative around, okay, man, this guy won the clash. Is this team is this the team to beat? Is this the driver to beat? It may give us an incredible story of some rookie that comes out in the clash and stomps the veterans leading into the Daytona five hundred. Um, but we don't have that. And so, you know, I kind of miss Speed Weeks and the build up. I do remember when I was racing in the Cup series that we would get into town, we'd do a lot of media, then we'd have the clash, and then we all would qualify on Sunday and then go home. And we'd come back to Daytona on Wednesday before the duels for practice. Um, I do remember wanting to go home, looking forward to that Monday and Tuesday back at the house. But, you know, we and we had eight hours of practice, literally. There was eight full hours of Daytona 500 practice. That's surely unnecessary. But, <laughs> you know, giving us an hour or two, at least before the duel, right? So, you know, these guys can get their cars off the ground and get a reasonable, you know, effort in qualifying, um, you know, especially with more open teams coming, trying to get into the field. It just really seems um, underserved uh, to put those guys right onto the racetrack without a lap uh, for qualifying. And so, um, you know, I... I favor bringing the clash back to Daytona. I believe that that's probably very unlikely that that happens. Uh, Why do you say that? Well, the idea of a if you're a promoter, right, or if you're if you're involved in any type of event, you want it to be as big as it can be. You want to take it where it's most wanted. If you've got somebody over here that's going to give you more money to bring it to to their neck of the woods, then you're going to choose that, right? Over taking, you know, if you take it back to Daytona and it's pole winners, and it's a 20-lap race, it's going to be very lucrative in terms of a business, right? It's not a, it's, it's, it's not going to make you a lot of money. Um, unlikely, anyways. But there's, other, there's better opportunities financially, I think. That's why it goes to the Coliseum, right? And that's why it probably ends up somewhere else next year is because of the local community and the governments and so forth buying in physically, like, you know, investing into the race and where that and getting getting our sport in front of a different audience, right? 
And so I understand the importance of that. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna get bent out of shape no matter where it goes. But I just feel like that, you know, it was very helpful as a race at Daytona to sort of tee off uh, speed weeks. And but without practices and all of the things that are happening around the track throughout the week, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have it there. You have to bring it all back, right? You have to kind of bring back the old the that's the series and the 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 series in the industry needs to go to Daytona and and build up right the 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 moment that is the Daytona 500 and so the clash was really good at being being the sort of introduction to that people are asking like genuinely where do they think is it going to go next year I Jeff Gluck yeah. already thinks it's not going back to LA no so like no, where, where do you back. think it's going? No. I mean, that you could see the writing on the wall while that race was going on. Yeah. You could feel like, you know, you could feel like NASCAR is like, all right, man, this was a great run. Enjoyed it. We're out, you know. Um, just the whole, I don't know, The whole, there was really way less sort of cer- ceremony than the around first, it than the first yeah. one or two and uh it's like you know they're they're getting to they're at the end of the contract this three-year deal and we're going to take the you know we're already probably they already probably are having conversations with where it's going next you're here in mexico right you're hearing it might go down there um you're here in canada's in the conversation i don't know where they would might take it up there but um who knows i don't know where it's going to end up but um if they're going to go off the wall, right, if they're going to get out of their, you know, box, so to speak, and go take this thing somewhere crazy, uh, there's a race, Brands Hatch, um, mm-hmm. over in Europe. They have this little short course called the Indy Course. And it's, I mean, if there is, I've said this before, but if there's a short track in the road course world, it's those style of tracks like the Indy Course at Brands Hatch. And so it's, you know, I... I I love ovals. I want to see our cars racing on ovals. I'm not a massive road course fan, right? I'm not a massive road course left and right kind of guy, but um, I think our I think you know those shorter courses. Now that's interesting to me, right? Because that's that's going to potentially create more lap traffic. You know, the shorter the course, when it's like a three quarter mile or a mile mile and a quarter road course. You know, you're going to get opportunity to catch the back of the field quicker. And that's what our cars need, right, is traffic and challenges and, and to keep the racing, you know, interesting. Uh, when we're on those, you know, mile and three-quarter or two-mile road courses, you know, things kind of get strung out, right? Um, anyhow, so that would be my hope is that we'd go to a, a short bull ring of a road course, wherever that, you know, wherever they may take it. Um, if they can't take it to an oval or back to Daytona. You know, we're going to do some championship predictions uh, later in the show. Um, <laughs> I've got some notes here about new faces and new places. We want to cover all that stuff. But first, I want to talk about the TV deal. We've, um, you know, this year you're going to have Fox and NBC just as we always have. And going into 2025, two new players come on to the scene, Amazon and Turner. 
they're going to be basically the way I look at it is you're going to have Fox and then in July or in June, in June, you're going to have Amazon. Then in July, you'll have Turner and then NBC will finish the season. Now, the Amazon deal may um, may start in the back end of May, but basically it's like a June, July, and that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Um, my contract with NBC is up. It was up at the end of last year. Um, I'm currently working through what that looks like for me. Uh, I definitely love being in the broadcast booth and want to continue doing that. We've had some great conversations with all of NASCAR's TV partners. Um, my home and, and my love is at NBC, and I'd love to be back with them. So uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, but right now, man, I have I really don't have a job. <laughs> in terms of broadcast. So, um, but do you got some information about, so what does that mean, obviously, for the Dale Jr. Download? Right. So, uh, you know, obviously, while you're working through this, people, we got a bunch of questions asking, like, where is the show going to go? Obviously, you know, Peacock won't be in the play at the beginning of this season uh, until you figure out what your contract looks like uh but we have some good news with that download is going full episodes on youtube which is gonna be awesome people so yeah asking for that so the 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 dale jr download people have been asking for the full episodes forever forever yeah, yeah. right and we've had a lot of reasons why we weren't uh doing that so i'm excited it's easy uh for people to find everybody uses youtube um, so yeah, you'll be able to watch uh, this show and everyone else, th- uh, every show after that for the rest of the year on on YouTube. And um, we have, uh, yeah, we got a lot to be excited about that. So uh, you know, as I learn more about my my broadcasting future, uh, certainly keep everybody up to date on that. I'm anxious to get that sorted out because uh, certainly have had a lot of fun working with NBC over the years doing that broadcasting in the booth with Latart and those guys. So. Um, Anyways, um, shall we jump into our our predictions I think for this should. year? Yeah. Well, one of the things I want to talk about first is new faces with uh, new new places. Okay, mm-hmm. you got um, Josh Berry uh, in the four car missed the show at uh, at That's the right. Clash. That was a that was a gut punch, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I believe I I've just got you know, short comments on all of these. I believe Barry will perform well enough to earn more time in the four car. Take that however you want. I think that he's going to have a hard time at, at you know, that car was up and down last year. SHR wasn't very good at all. I think SHR gets better a little better. They they take a few steps forward and an and an improvement like um maybe kind of similar to to Roush um and so, um, maybe not. I don't think they get the wins that that Brad and those guys got last year in, in the six and the seventeen. But um, I think Brad gets a win this year. But anyways, that's, I was going to get to that in, in a minute. But I think that SHR moves up. So Gragson, he's back, right? I think he has a better performance than he had in the forty-two car when he was in the Cup Series last year. Um, and I think um, hopefully he's gotten it together right and and can stick around <laughs> stay out of trouble but i i'm i'm interested to watch josh and and, and gregson because they worked here at junior motorsports and they seem to get along pretty well as teammates and that'll be interesting to see how they can kind of challenge each other at shr um, but i think they both 
they both don't they don't have these like performances that they want to have at the end of the year they're both going to say man i wish we would have done better than we did but i think they'll do well enough to satisfy the critics right to keep the heat off and allow them to continue to try to improve <clears throat> so i don't think that anybody's going to be calling for their jobs at the end of the year um daniel hemrick and colleague i believe they're going to struggle um i i just I don't know. I, I, the colleague thing, sh- you know, changed quite a bit in their drivers in terms of Xfinity and the Cup side. So, not I'm not actually sure what to expect, but I just got a feeling that Daniel's going to have a very similar existence that he had when he was with RCR in the Cup Series. That's where I think that's what I think we're going to see in terms of performance for him. Nemechek, um, I think that he's going to have flashes of potential. You know, we're going to see kind of like we did. And when he was in the truck series with Kyle, he's going to have these days where you're like, you know, okay, this guy can get there. This guy can do it. He can be, he can be one of the top 10 drivers in the series. Um, but I think there'll be the other weekends where they struggle just as an organization, as a team. But, um, but he was, I think he's a big, uh, he has a lot of upside. Haley. I talked about that at the top of the show. I think he overcheese in the 51. And I think Spire improves performance on all their cars, uh, probably an average of five positions this year. Um, and I think the seven wins. So hmm. I believe that, yeah. That's, that's kind of bold. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, so we can go to our bold predictions. That's one of them. I think that Corey LaJoy takes Spire to victory lane. I believe that puts Corey LaJoy in the top 16 in my Dang, 16. man. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to take somebody out. Who's out? Busher. Okay. Really? Listen, I think that Brad ends up winning a race this year. I think that the performance in terms of statistically flips between the 6 and the 17. I think it's Brad's year. He might win the Daytona 500. So, but I believe that, I think Busher runs well, but somebody, when you put a LaJoy into the playoffs, somebody has to leave, right? You can't have, uh-huh. a, you can't have 17, you can't have 18. Right. Somebody has to leave. So, um, I think Ty Gibbs makes the round of twelve. I don't think he has a. I don't think he's racing on the bubble trying to get in the playoffs this year. I think he's. I think he gets a win, maybe two, and and Brad Keselowski I think wins a couple races. Um, Chase Elliott rebounds. That's you know I think he has a competitive season, couple of wins. I got I got Chase going to the round of eight. Um. SHR, they make some gains. I talked about that. That's probably not a bold prediction. They don't win. I don't think they win. They may they may luck out and get a win somewhere and boot somebody out of the playoffs. But I had a little group called <laughs> Stirs. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. We'll I, I mentioned all these guys. Um, Chastain, he's kind of the captain of <laughs> Stirs. He's the captain of the team. He sure is. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, on the team with 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 Ross is Nemechek. Um. Gibbs, when he runs really good. Gregson, if he can also have some good runs. And then um, probably the all-star of the Stir team is maybe Josevar. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some big moments. Yeah. I love that lineup. Yeah. That's like a, that's like a 
basketball team from the 90s that plays dirty. Yeah. They're just all What in is there. that movie that um, Pistons, the basically. Bad News Bears? No, no, no. Well, yeah, they're kind of like the Bad News Bears, <laughs> but then the the movie with uh, Will Ferrell, the basketball. Oh, semi pro. Yeah, they're the that they're, That's yeah. that's who these guys are, man. <laughs> the Flint Michigan Tropics. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they're the Flint Michigan Tropics. Wait, uh, so hold on. The shitsters. Yes. Uh how many of them make the playoffs then? Okay, so in my in my only Give me your 16. Huh? Give me your or you want all me. of my 16. Yeah, I want your 16. Okay. Um LaJoy, Bubba Wallace, Kyle Bush, Brad Keselowski, Christopher Bell, Chastain, Bowman, Gibbs, Chase Elliott, Reddick, Truex, Byron, Logano, Larson, Hamlin, Blaney. I don't know where whether you want me to tell you my final four first or my finals or the 16. So I got them in rounds. If you got him so in my rounds, round of sixteen is Lajoy, Bubba, Cobbush, and Brad out. Right. In, however you want to look at it, <laughs> in or out. Yeah, I mean, I don't want I, this. Isn't hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna punch them in the gut because they're gonna, you know, we're gonna. This is hey, you made the playoffs. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you're going into rounds round of twelve. We don't have to really ho- so harp on that. Said be out. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing that's annoying. People are like. Tell me your uh, your your playoff picks, and and all, all people want to harp on is like, oh, you don't have him moving forward. Yeah. Oh, you don't have them going in the round. Of, oh, they're not in the round of four. <laughs> so uh, going into the round of twelve, my my four in the round in the backside of the round of twelve: Christopher Bell, Chastain, Bowman, Gibbs. Yeah. I want. I think Gibbs gets in. Maybe he goes far farther than that. But I'm not. I'm I'm not gonna give him that. I'm not going to give him that until he's until he proves it. Christopher Bell, I you know, this is such a hard one. I watched that Netflix and he's it so yeah. he takes he's yes. little, I mean I would too. I would take it so personal yeah. if I'm achieving well, right, getting far into the playoffs and people are totally forgetting that I exist. Yeah. They asked if he was an underdog and he's like, "No, yes, I'm not." He's like not. I made the round of 4 two years in a row. I Listen, this is it. Christopher Bell doesn't make the round of 8. Or he wins the championship. It's literally <laughs> 50-50. I think that's fair. Like, it's literally 50-50. He's going to get knocked out. Some, you know, It's going to have some bad luck. Yeah. It's not going to be performance-driven. He'll just have some bad luck, not make the round of eight, or he's going to win it all. <laughs> all right, so the round of eight, Chase Elliott. I said he's going to have a, you know, gonna have a rebound this year. I think he gets into the round of eight. Reddick, Truex, and Byron. Oh, Byron slips a little. Kind of barely made it in, you know, at Martinsville, knocked Denny out. I think that um, – and some of the races that he won, like he won the rain-shortened race at Atlanta, uh, you know, kind of fell into that win. Uh, he's going to be so pissed off I said <laughs> that. He he got fortunate at Darlington, right, when, right. They, when they crashed out in front of him, the one and uh, uh, the one and the five. You know, that without those moments, I think that's what gets him to slip out of the four. Right. Um, and so my four – is Logano, Larson, Hamlin, and Blaney. And I got Blaney repeating. Now, I know the odds of that happening are very not good at all, right? No, it's nobody's never up, happened. This no, yeah, it's never happened, but this is a short sample of you know what we're, what we're pulling from to say, oh, this has never happened. We're not talking about 75 years of history here, just a few. <laughs> um, but I think that, um, man, they ran so good at the end of the year, right? They yeah. got a new car. Is that new car going to help them at some of these other racetracks? Is it going to help them in some scenarios aerodynamically and so forth that they find themselves in where they were, you know, a bit challenged? Uh, I know the Toyota also has a new car too. So 
could could be interesting to see how those that matters that you know the 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 little changes in the front end especially uh, i think you know where we're mainly going to see is at daytona and talladega where the pushing happens they made the toyota a lot better in terms of being able to push another car i think the ford was already great at that but i think the ford's going back the other way in terms of trying to get you know what they give up in aerodynamic advantages to be able to have that flat nose to push at daytona and talladega hurts them everywhere else and so they've kind of dialed that back a little bit to gain some, you know, gain some benefit. Well, another thing to think about is there's two more Toyotas in the field this year. So at Daytona and Talladega, you're going to have a little bit more help on that third line that Bubble was trying to make Dalton, happen. That's a really, really good point because when you comes when when we do get into the meat of the race, it does come down to the numbers. And a lot of times, Toyota guys are always short. There's a lot of Fords, a lot of Chevrolets. They're always working together when they can. And the Toyotas, especially when they lose a car or two throughout the race then it really starts to show that they don't have the numbers right um but anyhow i um i think that it's a it's a toss-up in terms of the championship between christopher bell and blaney uh but if blaney wins it bell's gonna finish outside the top eight points (laughs) sorry yeah i think that's fair i I really do i mean it's so hard to be consistent in the playoffs so i mean just stuff could happen like that's right why is it that people keep not considering Bell as a true threat. I mean, I feel like we're doing it again this year. It's like, well, he can either have one of two yeah. outcomes. Is it just that he's a quiet driver in terms of just he gets the results and quietly goes about his season? Like, what is it about Bell? Yeah, I think that um, the thing about Christopher is his demeanor. I do. I don't have. I don't think that he. I think his personality is fine, and I think that he. Um, is easy to like, easy to be around, but he, you know, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know really how to, I don't know how to describe it for you because I do not want to insult the guy because he doesn't deserve it. He's a hell of a driver. Larson will tell you he's amazing. He is a great driver, but there's this sort of, uh, he's, He's very neutral, right? Sort of similar to Jimmy Johnson in terms of personality. I know Jimmy Johnson is one kick-ass dude. Lots of fun to be around. Wasn't going to put that out there in front of the cameras or when he was – when he's working, he switched on, you know, and he wasn't going to be Jimmy Jam (laughs) as his little alter ego. Yeah. Right? Christopher Bell probably has uh, an alter ego, Christopher Badass. I don't know (laughs) what it is. Um, that nickname. We'll have to put a poll out on Twitter and see what they would make his nickname. Yeah, but he doesn't share that, right? He's just when he comes to the track, he's buckled down, super uber focused on his job, and you don't hear ain't no jokes, ain't no ain't no clowning around. Ain't he not a he's not a guy that's gonna pick and raz the competition, or 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 mess with his buddies, you right. know, or pick or play. He just he just is focused on winning, and that I mean. You got to admire that, but at the same time, it it makes it hard to know him, right? I, I want to ask if you wa- Sorry, go, Andrew. Me, wa- I watched. I've been watching the Netflix thing over right. and over, right? And so, uh, there's a great moment where Christopher lets us come into the bus after he gets knocked out at Phoenix. We get to see that. We, that was one of the biggest surprises. Yeah. I know we'll talk Netflix. We were surprised bit, he allowed it. Yeah, right. So that says that tells you a little bit about how we all think about him. Right. He lets us in. 
we get to see a little about it, a little bit about who he is in one of his toughest moments, right? Which is he he needs to do that more, right? That that'll help us sort of get engaged. He needs to engage, right? That'll help us not over overlook him. Yeah. Right. I want to ask. I want to go back to the. I'm. I'm. I. I think the only thing I'm still hung up on on your 16 is counting Busher out. I yeah. actually have him going I, into like my round of eight. I felt like they overachieved last year, and you know, Roush. Look, let's not forget where Roush uh, was. And so, um, I you know, let's not forget where they were before this year. They were bad mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. Bad, 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 right? Brad comes in, and I'm going to give him all the credit. I don't really know who all deserves the credit. It's probably a big pie, slices, a lot of different people. But Brad, can't, Brad comes in and, and, and turns things around and gets the culture and the whole thing going. Um, I think it's time for him to reap some of the benefit of that and win some races this year, and I think it happens. He's getting close last year. Um, I think Busher overachieved. I think that's. I think Busher is that talented, but I think the team overachieved in terms of their resources. Um, I really expected them to run just like Brad, right? But they didn't. They run better. I don't know if they can do that again, <clears throat> but we'll see. I don't. I, I'm just saying. Look, I had him in. My top sixteen, I had him going to the playoffs and he had to until Corey LaJoy pulls off some freak win. <laughs> He's been so close a couple yes. times at Atlanta. Man, it's like every time every, you got to keep an eye on that seven. There's that. It's like the you know. Look, I'm sorry to Busher fans or anybody else who thinks that's stupid. It's like in the you know. It's like in the um, in the college basketball uh, uh, March Madness. You got those Cinderella teams that do enough to get in, and some some traditional team that you know some college that's always been has to miss the whole thing right um if you got a guy if you're gonna if you're gonna be one of those people that go yeah man this is the year Corey the joy gets it done well you're gonna have to take off you're gonna have to take one of your tried and true competitors off that top 16 list somebody has to leave yeah uh-huh. I, well harvick's retiring i think mcdowell won't make it again mm. i still think there's room for i don't know that's right there's I only disagree. 16 spots yeah. you can't just because Harvick retired doesn't mean there's more spots. Well, and you had the. I see what you're saying. Right, but I what's like your, if something's got to give. I don't necessarily think. Does Corey win? You don't think so? I don't know. Yeah, see, that's where I, I don't know if he does. Right. Yeah, if he doesn't win, then your Busher's in. I think Denny Hamlin's here. All right, everybody calling in uh, this week's winner of the Clash, Denny Hamlin. Denny, um, congratulations on on a win. Uh, did you have fun? I did. Um, usually, the winner is the only one that has fun at that yeah. place. So, yeah, we, we did. Certainly, uh, you know, I don't know how much it correlates, but certainly, it's just a good you know min- momentum boost for the team. I got a few new engineers, um, you know, road guys that are on the road with us this year, so. Break them in the right way. That you know, that was kind of the benefit of it. Did you lose your number one engineer or these backup dudes? Yeah, uh, yeah. The number one guy, Ben uh, Sam McCauley. He's been with me for, I mean, it's got to be over ten years now. Um, he's uh, he moved on. He's now Sheldon Creed's uh, crew chief uh, at JGR and Xfinity. So he would reached the point where he was ready to move up the ladder. So um, you know, I hate hated losing him. 
but it's uh you know he he's got to look out for the best interest of his long term career. That is a position that I think a lot of fans um, probably don't realize how how critical the lead engineer is, especially these days with these cars. So um, mm-hmm. that could have a have a negative or a positive effect for a team when they make the, the change in that particular position. But um, so let's go on, man. I you know you talked about this on your uh, podcast a little bit. Uh, actions detrimental. Where does the clash go from here? Uh, I got my opinions about it. I listened to some of your comments um, about the financials of going to Daytona. Um, and so my opinion is that, what? well, I, I miss speed weeks. I miss being yep. there, even though when I was racing, when I was like you, I was ready to go home on Monday and Tuesday between the <laughs> clash and, and, and the duels. But I miss the practices and just sort of the lead up. You, you talked about how it was kind of a nice way to figure out who was who was good. It was a storyline. It created storylines. It sort of was the appetizer and the teaser for the Daytona 500 and built the momentum up to that race uh, that we're sort of lacking. But you also noted the financials to running there and there, as an owner taking cars that, you know, 50 to 80 percent there of a chance of wrecking those cars in that race. Uh, so what it, and you said you didn't have the answer. Uh, I'm hearing they might go to Mexico. Canada's in the conversation. Uh, I guess everything's on the table. What do you think happens to the clash? Well, it needs to be on an oval. That okay. that I'm pretty sh- firm in in that belief that it needs to be on an oval. If we go somewhere, okay, it can't it can't pay 25 percent of what a normal race pays though. That you know, you're, what is you, the normal race pay? Well, if you look at Bob po- or yeah, Bob Pockers posts what um, what the purse is for each and every race every week, and it's right around what eight million bucks somewhere yeah. in that range. And this week was two point two. Okay, so it's twenty five percent. So it's economically this race is a loss. You know, no matter what you do to it. But now, if you are going to tell me that we're going to go, you know, uh, to another country. Like this, it gets to a point where this is not an investment for the teams anymore. This is, I mean, I don't know that it was an investment anyway. If you ask, ask all of us, we probably had, if we had the option, all teams probably would opt out in participating in the clash because it's such a bad, has a bad negative impact uh, on us. So, you know, I, I just believe that I, I think there's merit to what you're saying in the buildup of Speed Weeks. Certainly, we should not be going to Daytona and just qualifying lap yeah. one. Like, you know, not only that, but we had teams, you know, had some mechanical issues in qualifying. I think it was a year or two ago. Um, two cars couldn't even get off pit road. Connor Daly's car was bouncing up. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, this is the biggest race. And if you don't have build up to it, I mean, it, there's going to be a price to pay. And some it could be through ratings. So I think that there is merit to running there but certainly if you told me we're going to go back to the daytona oval i you know again now you're you're saying you know for the quarter of the purse now we're more likely to tear up equipment i don't know what the net chain what the net difference is of that versus going all the way to la right yeah. i mean that the travel there that's pretty heavy on the team so I'm not really sure. I, I don't know the right answer. You know, do there's you, only so many warm weather tracks. I mean, do you think the clash goes away entirely? Are you one of those? No, no. Yeah. It's it's a it's a revenue maker yeah. for the leagues. So they're they're not going to get rid of it. Plus, you know, but, you've won you've won some of those races, and now 
like if that race just disappears your your successes are uh diminished you know it doesn't matter yeah yeah i mean it's i just want whatever is going to be best for the sport and all the stakeholders but equally for all stakeholders so if we're going to go international that's fine make sure you take care of your teams that have to put put the effort in to do it um if we go back to daytona make the thing pay like it's supposed to um i'm not really sure right i mean could you do this on a thursday before daytona you know you got your daytona 500 on on friday qualifying you know practice or qualifying like it it needs daytona we need to be down there a little bit longer so i don't know the right answer i mean there's pensacola down there five flats whatever right i mean we got to find a warm weather Dude, that's a great. Uh, I didn't even think about that. So, like, you have they have the speed. They had speed weeks, the short track World Series down there. Maybe it could be like a component of that in a way. You get you know eighteen, twenty two cars out on the uh, out on the racetrack down there with the late models. That could be cool. Yeah, I've heard you say as well that like you you believe that the class should be pole winners only, right? Yes. I mean that that's yes. what it was. Yeah, that'd be 12, 16 cars. So I mean. You know, we just got into a point though that every team had such big sponsors. Yep. Um, about eight, ten years ago, that some were getting left out. Yeah. And you know, enough team owners started griping that, hey, you know, I, I can't be leaving out, you know, uh, Budweiser or whoever it was at the time out of the clash. You know, you got to invite us in. So then they started getting creative with the rules to allow these guys to get in. But now I think we can go back to it yeah. being a little bit more prestigious, exclusive. Exclusive. That's that's better work. Yeah, I like that too, man. I think uh, I think that it needs to have a re the you know the all star race. You mentioned it. It's about all stars. It should be just all stars, the best in the sport. It should be a very select group of people. The clash was about uh, pole winners. It needs to stay in its lane. That's all it needs to be. We need to quit trying to make it more. It's just that. It's a little teaser for the Daytona 500, 20 laps, 12, 15, 14 cars out on the racetrack just racing for, you know, and you could take, you probably could take 12 to 16 cars and you might, could have a pretty good purse with two and a half million dollars. Um, sure. Yeah. So, uh, anyhow, man, hey, what are you looking forward to about the Daytona 500? I mean, you're arguably arguably one of the best on the on the plate tracks in terms of understanding a draft and knowing how to get yourself to the front um what's different about this trip well we have a new camry that's going to be one difference right i mean i think there's going to be a lot of anticipation from the ford and the in the toyota camp of what do we have you know because it really if you look at the qualifying results on super speedways over the last three years really since next gen started it pretty much was in line with downforce and drag numbers, right? I mean, we all kind of understand where all the manufacturers are on that. And then and then the qualifying really solidifies that. So I think that you're going to, you know, if there's one manufacturer, and it could be Chevrolet, yeah. that is strong, you know, because if, if, if other manufacturers feel like they made a gain in downforce, more likely that came at the cost of drag. So now is the Chevrolet is going to take over the domination of, qualifying on super speedways or does the ford or toyota have an advantage on the drag uh, at those tracks so that's what i'm most looking forward to um is seeing kind of where we stack up you know because when we we're all pedal to the metal in qualifying i mean pretty much that's that's pretty much a uh you're seeing what the bodies can do and and um 
you know, that's going to be something I'll be looking out. Yeah. Yeah, man. We're also going to be watching, seeing how you guys can push. I know that, uh, you know, having that nose changed a little bit will affect that for the better. Um, so should be making uh, the racing a lot more intense, knowing that you guys can get a little more aggressive, hopefully, uh, with the shoves. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate you calling in. I know you got a busy week trying to prepare for everything going on in your season. Uh, congratulations again. Uh, if you haven't listened to Actions Detrimental, it's out. Denny's been getting that thing out pretty quick, and he's um, he's made a claim that he's going to uh, try even harder this year to get it out uh, uh, to the fans, and, and it's been a great hit for us here at Dirty Mo Media. So thank you, Denny. Have a good week. All right. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, guys. This week's segment of Dirty Air was brought to you by Tire Pros. There's few people who love cars as much as I do, but these tire and service experts equally love the drive. They offer a huge selection of brand-name tires and full-service repairs, from oil changes to alignments to brakes. Tire Pros is giving your vehicle the TLC it deserves. Tire Pros is unique because each location is owned by men and women in our community. But with the added support and resources of over 600 locations nationwide. Next time you need to take your car in, show your neighbors some love and take it to your local tire pros. Tell them I sent you. Ask Junior. Man, I'm looking forward to that. It's been a while since we've been able to talk to the fans, so let's get it started. And we are live. All right, live for Ask Junior, uh, the first Ask Junior of the 2024 year. And, uh, man, it has been a long time since we have been able to uh, reach out and engage with everybody. We did put out a post on uh, Dirty Mo Media's uh, handle uh, this week, and a lot of y'all replied to that. So, And there's a couple questions in there that I'm eager to get to uh, that I actually saw in the feed on my phone so let's get to it yeah this first question is from spitfire 4456 and this is actually when i saw it it was so funny uh i have to ask it uh do you have your own funko pops is what they want to know are you serious yeah yeah that was was a question because i know we were talking about talking about this with you yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) so um man you know i've been seeing them things everywhere yeah the the and, and maybe some people don't know what we're talking about but uh we probably don't have one in here, but there are these little, they come in these little, uh, there's these little dolls, right? And they're in these little boxes, clear, clear. Uh, they're always asking me to sign the front of these boxes mm-hmm. um, on the clear Lexan thing or whatever. And uh, I was like, I'm, I started seeing these things out of nowhere. And now, you know, people will be bringing me four, five, six at a time to sign. And I'm, <clears throat> I don't know where this, what this is. Like it's, I thought you know, what is it, right? I know right. It's a, I know what it's a toy. Yeah. It's like yeah, where it's, did they come from? Where did they come from? Yeah. Is there is there a damn TV show? <laughs> uh, what these things? What spawned this like new collectible that people are like really hardcore about? Yes, it, yeah, right? yeah. They'll and, have rooms full of them like diecasts. Yeah, yes. wild. So you know, diecasts originate from a real race car that races on the racetrack, right? Where did these? What is this? what is this thing yeah i don't know if anybody knows we don't know um anyways um i do not have any um but i I sign them all the time and i don't know where they came from so i'm on their wikipedia page do you want to guess the year that it was founded founded i'm gonna go way back to like uh i'm gonna say 1997 oh you're one year off 98 all right yeah Yeah. feels about right but it it uh originally like you know started getting popular around like the 
teens. Oh, so, you know, so like all 15, right, 16. All right, so if you start anything, man, you got to wait a while. You got to be patient. Yeah. <laughs> for it to take off. Hey, I don't don't get discouraged if your fucko pop <laughs> idea isn't a big hit in the first 10 years. It might you take know a while. You walk away from that, look what you're missing now. Yeah. Because them damn things are everywhere. All right, what's next? Uh, this next question is from John. Uh, do you have a Super Bowl prediction for this weekend? Oh. Man, I think the I think that I think the uh San Francisco 49ers win. Okay. Yeah. I think that they they feel like to me that um they're the better defense and I think the offenses are somewhat equal in terms of productivity like and I know, you know, I'm not a freaking expert, so get off my ass if you don't like my <laughs> prediction, but I I just feel like that for whatever reason, man, they got they just they're just going to do a better job of being able to control the game and and it's not going to be this massive blowout or anything like that. I bet you it'll be seven to ten points, but I just feel like that the edge is in the defense. Are you do you do like those props where it's like heads or tails or how long like, the national you know, anthem how, is? Yeah, like the color Gatorade. Meh, not really. Mm. I do like the player props. I'm all okay. about the you know over under on like rushing yards and stuff like that i kind of get into that but uh um otherwise no nah, i don't like the silly like i don't like those silly props <laughs> right like how long this is going to be and what who's going to you know what what team will score first right. or that kind of i ain't figuring that out yeah that's a it's a, it's a gamble yeah right? yeah there's yeah, nothing it like it's losing literally money a coin, coin there's <laughs> nothing like losing yeah, money is. on the coin toss there's nothing like let's do one right now that that. Is, <laughs> hey tails is 53 percent it hits how does so, that happen I mean, tails never fails it's not 50 50 yeah. i wonder if there's just a tick more weight on one side of the <laughs> yeah, coin it's right? just tails never fails something, it that, something that sort of <laughs> gives it an edge mm. people are probably sciencing this out uh ushers the halftime show okay how do we feel about that are we excited about yeah. that any any thoughts about uh, that yeah i don't think i have any thoughts on it i think, I think a lot of people bad. are going to be disappointed that it's not taylor swift but you don't know. I don't know. You never she could know. Bust out and be part of one of the songs. She could, <laughs> do a, she could hop up there and do a duet. Be pretty cool. Yeah. She might do it. So is is Usher all of the halftime show? They haven't released Usually anything. They do some. I feel like he's like got to bring out like Lil John. Yes. and you know what I mean. Yes. Like yes. he has to. Yeah, I, I got to do. But so, there's going to be something. We'll see. There'll be some accompanying. Pieces. I feel like that's what the Super Bowl used to be. The halftime show would be like, okay, this guy's headlining, but he's going to bring yeah. 20 different artists with them. And yeah. it would, just, you know, but we'll see. Yeah, that and the commercials, man. Mm. Greatest Super Bowl commercial. Oh, gosh. Um, For me, it was the Bud Bowl. The Bud Bowl. Yeah. I, and when they, I remember I was young enough when the Bud Bowl came around, I was like, I could watch this. Like, if they could, if they wanted to do like a 30 or an hour, you know, like a 30 minute Bud Bowl. Mm hmm. You know, sort of a series. Is the is the Bud Light was <clears throat> up? Was that a Super Bowl yes. commercial? Yeah, yeah that's that a good, good one. And the, all the Budweiser ones were good. Gosh, the yeah, the Lizard, and, the Clydesdale yeah. with the the puppy and everything. That one always got yeah. me. Got a little choked up on that. I, one. I didn't care for that one that much. <laughs> that was too predictable. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got a question from the YouTube chat. Travis wants to know: uh, Do you have a favorite Toby Keith song? Obviously, he passed away yeah. um, last night. Yeah, last night. Um, no, not really. Um, yeah. I mean, he had a lot of great music. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I was surprised because he recently just played in Vegas. Or right. Had a, yeah, had it wasn't a deal too long like ago. a month ago, maybe. So, um, <clears throat> and maybe he knew what, <clears throat> you know, he, he, maybe he knew 
his fate. where his situation was and just wanted to get up there uh, one last time and kind of feel that energy and that adrenaline that you get from probably playing a show. I'm, I can't imagine, but mm. how emotional that must have been. I was blasting him on the way to work this morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. look at this. We a, found one. The Funko Pop. The Funko Check Pop. Check that out. It's not in its box, man. This is weird. I know. This yeah, is this now, is wrong. This is weird. It's wrong. <laughs> we'll, Little guys we'll put him escaped. right there. We need to collect some stuff feel, over here. Just don't feel right to him not in his box. <laughs> we can find his box. <laughs> yep. He's missing his home. He needs to go home to his cage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, is that going to be a permanent? I feel we, like it's we'll got to stay it now. Is, yeah. It has. Yeah, or or we can put it back there on no, the... No. All right. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't want it in. I don't want it over there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm realizing this is the first reveal of the it, new studio. It yeah. technically is. Live it is. Yeah, we, we talk about it at the top of the show, but we got a new studio, and uh, so the guests will obviously sit in this chair here. If I have a you know, friend or Amy might come next week or something like that, we'll, we'll set them right there, and uh, we got a little screen. We can put up anything we want. Uh, on there that's always been in the studio but not in the shot we moved a few things around got a new design on this wall which i love and um we modeled it cool. after your truck a little bit yeah yeah and so you know there you see dalton and andrew on their table they're right here in front of me uh so i can give them a hard time about anything they say and so we're gonna have this gonna be fun we've boy we went around and around and around with the design of this studio and how it was gonna be and <laughs> yeah here we are everybody pretty happy with this i love uh, it okay i think it's great yep. yeah yeah me too um this next question also come from the youtube chat tony wants to know about the he heard you went to a red clay strays concert yeah. over the weekend red clay red clay strays is a band um maybe you've heard of them but uh i would say that it's kind of like elvis and leonard skinnard was the band right so um yeah it's a they it, their sound is really nostalgic and um they got a new record they're working on they're great guys, Mobile, Alabama, been together for seven years, playing their guts out, trying to make it, and it seems like they're getting some real, real good traction now. And so, uh, yeah, I can get into a dig it. <clears throat> it's good music. <clears throat> it looked like fun. It was. And I saw you posted like you were at some bar afterwards. Yeah, that was in Sullivan's Island, South Carolina, at Dunleavy's Pub. That's cool. Yeah, there's a, if you go to Sullivan's Island, they got Pose and a couple other uh, famous spots, but Dunleavy's is probably – the one that I enjoy going to the most. It's I coming coming from Key West, like I was I was always in Key West, and that that Dunleavy's is probably the closest thing gives me that Key West vibe. Feeling. Yeah, so I'm sort of weaning myself off of that Key West vibe. Gotcha. So we, uh, <clears throat> yeah, but we're enjoying the South Carolina coast. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, this next question, I'm missing a name, so I apologize. Uh, but where do you uh, want to race this year? That's a great question, man. We um uh, we talk about the uh, the TV deal and my situation, my current situation with networks uh, early in the show. You want to tune in for that um, when it comes out. But uh, I, you know, I want, I, do, I am going to run some races. I'm actually racing Saturday if the weather holds off at Florence, the icebreaker. Yep. They have the icebreaker every February at Florence, South Carolina, and I've ran it the last year or two. Um, so I'll run my late model car probably three or four times this year. And it does not look like I'm going to be able to race at the Wilkesboro race, the All-Star Week. Mm, so man. the Cars Tour is going to Wilkesboro on that Tuesday and Wednesday. And I have uh, some business in New York City that I cannot get out of. Mm. So um, I'm not going to be able to compete this year in that race. But we're racing Wilkesboro at the end of the year. And I might be available to be able to compete cool. in that race at Wilkesboro. But um, I'm going to run my late model a couple times, probably at Florence three times. Uh, they'll have a race before Darlington in the the second half of the year that I'll probably run 
if you're at Darlington, come out and see us. And then the, the South Carolina 400 at the end of the year, I might run. Uh, probably going to slide a race somewhere in the middle there in the Cars Tour. Um, and then uh, for the Xfinity race, I want to go back to Bristol. Oh, we yeah. haven't made an announcement. That's not something that I've that Hellman's has agreed to. That's not something that Junior Motorsports has agreed to. It's just what you want. It's do. what I want. Yeah. And so, uh, and and we have to get everybody to come together and and feel good about whatever we decide. There's other racetracks that I would run, and 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 could go run to, but we had such a great time last year and ran great, led some laps. Um. You, so. Yeah. Yeah. You're on fire. We were. We were on fire, literally. <laughs> uh, but I'd love to go back and run Bristol. It's fun. Fun. It's, you know, Bristol's always, that night race at Bristol has just always been one of the more special weekends of the year. And so it's it's cool. So we'll see how that works out. We uh, asked the chat where they would want to see your race. Oh. Uh, we saw a lot of Charlotte. A ton of people want you to go to Iowa. Uh, a few Martinsvilles. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, Martinsville was fun, but I really didn't enjoy the Xfinity car there because... I was a little bit tight, and the car doesn't have a lot of power, so you can't get, you can't spin the tires and dr- cars around you rarely slipped and slid, and so you weren't really able to drive up underneath people off the corner like you could with the Cup car that I was running there forever. Right. And so you know you would be a little better than somebody, but you just could not get around them. You had to push them, beat them out of the way, and the stages—they're like forty laps. They're really, really short. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the Martinsville car, in the Martinsville races that I always ran. I needed that 80 or 100 lap run in the middle of that race. We'd get them long green flag runs where you could really do some work, take care of your car, get your car to last, get the tires to do good work for you late in the run. None of that happens really in the Xfinity race. Uh, the stages are just too short for that to really play in. Uh, and then the, the the craziness that happens at the end of that. Um, I haven't ran good enough in, at Martinsville at the in the Xfinity car to be in that top 10 to get kicked out of me <laughs> but if if i were i would not enjoy that yeah right the the cra- the chaos that goes on it's fun to watch oh, fun yeah. to watch fun to talk about i love standing there and seeing it happen but i don't want to be in that chaos Carnage. cars f- coming across the finish line on fire and all that mess yeah absolutely yeah. all right well that's uh i think if anything we got out of this ash jr is we found the funko pop so yeah. that's some i thought we great had a great news. time man i enjoy the uh ash jr segment of the show great it's great to be back come come visit us every week here for this particular segment uh anyways that's it we're gonna do white flag and and wrap it up today we talked about the cars tour races that i'm gonna run uh or that i want to run this year uh we also got some updates to the cars tour itself and um, the uh, Cars Tour is has a new primary sponsor, ZMAX. Uh, we're excited about that. And um, also the West Series announcement. The Cars Tour is going west. We got a pro late model Western Series that's going to be sort of managed by Harvick and some of his folks out there, some of his friends and relationships that he's had over the years. Very excited. Kevin brought that idea to us. And so the Cars Tour expands just a little bit with a, with a leg in the – on the west coast um we also have a couple of the new partners coming in the cars tour this year we're excited about sound gear shitty coolers and uh death wish coffee shitty coolers man that's a cool name that's funny man. right yeah. i love it s-h-i-t-i it's like a play on yeti yeah. right and i've got one man they're kind of cool they got this really cool vintage retro vibe to them uh and hendrickcars.com is on board this year going to be helping us out all of these partners man make the series go 
uh, and we've got a lot of new announcements to, to keep you up to speed throughout the year with the Cars Tour. New shows on Dirty Mo Media this year, the Teardown, one of the uh, coolest shows in all of NASCAR. Um, yeah. Instant reaction from, from Jordan, Bianchi, and Jeff Gluck after the races. They've done this Teardown for a long time. It's very popular with race fans, and we're going to be able to provide that to you uh, and in a great sort of uh, uh, cooperation or cooperative effort with the athletic um, that Jeff and Jordan both work with. So they're very, very cool guys, and I've always appreciated them both, and that'll be great to be able to, to, to have the teardown on our feeds. Um, door Bumper Clears back in full swing uh, with their first episode this year. Speed Street's going to drop tomorrow with a new co-host, Chase Holden. So check that out. Get to know Chase. Dirty Mode Doe is back with Steve Letarte on Thursdays to preview all the bets that you can make before the Super Bowl. And this is a really, really big year for that show yeah. and gambling in general for North Carolina as mm-hmm. the laws in the state are changing this year. And so, you know, if you if you, uh, you want to kind of know uh, some of the smarter bets – uh, but even if you're not into gambling, I'm going to tell you, man, that show, Dirty Mode Doe, is a great way to handicap the field. And in, in, a, in a weird way, I kind of get more information about Steve's opinion of who's going to be great to be able to even just set my fantasy lineup uh, on Dirty Mode Doe. So very entertaining show. And so also we got a, um, you know, Denny Hamlin's Actions Detrimental that's been a big hit for us. And Denny now, the megastar that he is from the Netflix series, um, that show is going to continue, you know, to get bigger and bigger for us. And he's done a great job with it. So something that all of our listeners have been asking for, I want, where can I watch these episodes? Where can I see them in full? Well, now you can. On each individual show's YouTube page, that's very important because we've now split it up to be able to get that content. You need to go to Door Bumper Clear's YouTube page and Action Detrimental's YouTube page. Subscribe. Make sure you like and um, do the same for the Dale Jr. Download if you haven't. Uh, you'll be able to catch full episodes uh, and be able to see everything we're doing for for uh, uh, for the Dirty Mo Media crew this year. And then the uh, the Dale Jr. Download Reloaded. That's a new Thursday yes. episode of the Dale Jr. Download that's going to come out. And um, basically, um, I'm not going to host that Thursday show, but we are going to um, we're going to be bringing you... I have a sheet here somewhere. Where is it? it? You're, you're, it's right in front of you. It's at the bottom. You're looking at it. Where? The white... No. Oh, yeah. This last... Uh, this that last very bottom. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, um, I thought it was on its own page. So we want to. Um, so for the Dale Jr. Download Reloaded, um, it's a spinoff to the Dale Jr. Download that we have on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and this is for the fans. It's your chance to offer opinions, observations about anything you've heard this week on the download, or any of our other shows, or anything else going on in the sport. I'm not going to host it. We'll have some different hosts of that show in the coming weeks, but we want to hear what you have to say. This may create some great opportunities for us to then come back the next week and have our opinions yeah. of your opinions. So you can catch it live on YouTube every Thursday. It's going to be live mm-hmm. on YouTube Yep, right here on the download feed as well. So looking forward to that and seeing what that show can turn into. We've been fiddling with that Thursday show for a while and um, feel like we made some good adjustments. We listened to the criticism, feedback, the advice and ideas from our fans and continue to try to make this better every year. So 
Again, we've got their new studio, and then Marty Smith's coming on tomorrow as our guest. Uh, that's going to be great to talk to Marty. Marty was very instrumental in helping make that Netflix show uh, uh, the best it could be. He has worked in the industry of NASCAR for many years, and now he's sort of this global sports icon and covering just about anything. Him and Marty McGee do some great work together over at ESPN. Um, so anyhow, it's going to be great to get him in here. I bet you I don't get three words in <laughs> during this interview tomorrow. But I'm excited to talk to Marty. Let's, uh, we're going to wrap it up. We'll see you tomorrow on the Dale Jr. Download. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.